Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated, and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hooptheory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hooptheory. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to the Magic Johnson episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 32. My name is Logan Wortman, and joining me once again is my good friend Jacob Roth. Jacob, how's it going? It is going fantastic. Uh, Had a little bit of a blip, game three, but game four, 13 seconds left, we're up 127 to 118. Mm. So feels good to be a Celtic. Also feels great to be a Boston sports fan. We got a Red Sox win. We also got a Bruins win today as they went up on the Panthers 3-1 or 2-1. Anyway, great time to be a Boston sports fan. City of Champions. Oh, that's also a tease. It's 8.30 on uh, the 23rd of April, for those who are wondering mm-hmm. what time we're recording. Central time. Central time zone, of course. Forget all those other lousy time zones, am I right? Yeah, central. That's where it's yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's right at tip-off, just about, for the Nuggets game. So I'll be catching up with that after we're done recording here. But hopefully we get a sweep. Uh, that would be the first sweep in Denver Nuggets history, at least in NBA history. I don't know if they had one in the ABA, but I've, I kind of expect us to lose this game almost because I just, I don't know, I feel like we that's in our nature to mess around and drop at least one. True, but my thought, I think that if a team was going to lose a game to a seed they shouldn't, it would have been game three because people sometimes are a little bit rough, and you had your rough third quarter. You made it through, though. In game two, yeah. In game two, mm-hmm. uh, and you still got that one in game three. So Jokic is playing, isn't he? I knew he was, like, mm-hmm. not up in the air, but it was a weird deal for game game. Yeah, three. he has a sprained wrist, so he hasn't been shooting super well. It's on his shooting hand, too. And then he still has this calf strain, too. But he's been doing just fine. He's kind of been in low gear. Like, he hasn't really needed to take over for the most part, which is nice. So it's just been... Um, like, you know, he, he keeps us above water when things aren't working. And then, uh, you know, we, we'll get at least like one Porter quarter and uh, a Murray flurry every once in a while. Also, I know that like the NHA playoffs, this is kind of like not what we're talking about today. But this is something that I'm just, my mind's breaking. Why on, on this beautiful thing we call Earth did the Sixers and the, what was the other series? Clippers Suns play four games before... A handful of teams played two, or played three. Like, yeah. the Sixers had wrapped up their series when the Grizzlies-Lakers was 1-1. Yeah. That's cr- why. How? And it I'm doesn't, not sure. And, like, it doesn't matter, but it kind of, like, let's say if it was, like, the, the team feeding into that Sixers. You know what I mean? Like, that's huge. 
I'm guessing it probably has something to do with like which like tour dates uh, of the arenas, like the venues. Well, and I know that the Clippers, Lakers, and Kings, uh, Kings are the uh, hockey Kings. Sorry, hockey. Yeah, all uh-huh. they're all having to share the one, so that makes that difficult. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm just like, what? From like a competitive standpoint, that's insane, and it doesn't matter this time. But like, yeah, if both teams, like if the let's say it was Celtics uh, Sixers, because I just know that's the matchup going into the next round. If the Celtics were two games back and would just have been playing Game Three yesterday, mm-hmm. the Sixers swept. Even if the Celtics swept, the Sixers still had three extra days of rest when both teams swept. If they would have hypothetically, which is just, and it's not the end of the world. It's just. You couldn't have done a better job than that. Like, make sure yeah. everyone's at least bump the Sixers down to the night game to make it look better, even if it's on the same day. Because <laughs> they had the yeah. Sixers open up, uh, was it Friday, Saturday? They opened up Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then the Lakers played, and then the Clippers played that night, or I had those flipped, I think. I think it was Clippers played in the afternoon, and then the Lakers played at night. Yeah, at night. Both mm-hmm. of them but were in L.A., so they had to do a court flip and all that. But I was just like... And the Bucks heat was the night East game. Also... Yeah. Yeah, but it's just wild to me that we they, the NBA usually is goaded with the sauce when it comes to scheduling. Like um, Christmas games, like when's the last time we had like a really super dud Christmas game? Or like they won't schedule, like the Heat didn't get any big primetime holiday games because they saw the writing on the wall that the Heat might struggle. And I'm like, shout out to that guy. Or like a couple years ago, this is more luck than anything, but like the Celtics and Lakers played each other for the winningest franchise in NBA history. And they were tied the tie and they played each other for the, like, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. And then they like also little things like they gave LeBron that giant home stretch in LA. Like they played like six games in a row at home around when he the was going to, he would sc- Yeah. And like, it's just, mm-hmm. they do great things like and that. The only, the only one that was away or the only two that were away over that stretch was one of them was Madison square garden. And the other one was Milwaukee, because Kareem. See, like, like <laughs> genius. Uh-huh. We'll put it in Cleveland. That could have also been okay. Also, oh, yeah. we're, I'm bouncing. Pivot, pivot, segue. Are the Knicks going to win the NBA Finals? Um, <laughs> that's I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not, but it's crazy how but, much that's in the cards now. No, because to, there's a world. Let's just say that like they get, they get past the Cavs, which have been a choke USA. I think they're a way better... They are a yeah. step above the Knicks. I won't say way better. They're definitely a step above the Knicks. And Madison Square Garden is a hard place to play. But they're down 3-1, aren't they? Yep. That's they rough. Are. But okay, let's they say they get through this. They shouldn't have lost game one. I think that's what really hurt them. The but. Bucks might not be healthy. The Bucks might not get past the Heat. They probably will. But Giannis isn't playing again tonight or didn't play yesterday. I don't even... My days are all jumbled up. I don't yeah, think it was he, last night. He didn't play. Mm-hmm. And, and he's not playing tomorrow then. Like, he might miss game four also. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Which is going to throw a whole wrench in that thing. But, like, this is and, crazy. But they're back at... No, they're still in Miami. Yeah, for game four. And mm-hmm. Miami choked it away by not... Just win on your own home court. You got the one, the hard win. Anyway, it's just... Didn't they, didn't they win? They won, no, they lost. Game three? They the lost... Heat. No, the Heat lost the second one in Milwaukee. Sorry, I messed that up. That's my brain messing oh. up. They lost the second one in Milwaukee without Giannis. They needed to get that one. That made me mad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, the Knicks' heat, that's a toss-up. I don't, like, have any kind of feeling about either one, honestly. And then yeah. 
I make now keep that, making now jokes. Now the Knicks are up three one though. I think it's more likely. I mean, it's hard to come back from a three one deficit. It well, just and is. I, I keep making jokes that the Celtics are going to beat the Sixers in five, but like it's probably going to be a seven game series that is going to be a slap fest. Like there's the no Hawks or Sixers. Sorry, Sixers Celtics. I don't you, know. You you probably said Sixers. I just didn't. I probably didn't. Knowing me, I'm probably more the one that messed that up. But <laughs> Sixers Celtics is probably going to be an absolute slugfest. Like it'll mm-hmm. go seven. I make jokes. It'll go five. It'll go seven. Especially if if Joel Embiid doesn't have to miss any games if he's back. Yeah, completely. which I hope he is. Like I just I don't mm-hmm. want excuses. When the Celtics bury the Sixers, I don't want excuses. Well, no, you you rely on a bunch of unreliable players to be your best players. And it's the playoffs. Like, yeah. Uh, and Doc Rivers is your head coach. No disrespect. Yeah. Listen to a previous episode of The Hoop Theory if you'd like to hear our defensive, or more Logan's defensive Doc Rivers. Episode yeah. somewhere in the 20s. 28? Yeah. Anyway, go back and listen yeah, to that if you haven't yet. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, this, like, there's a world where the Knicks are the team coming out of the East. A lot of dominoes have to fall in a very weird way. Honestly, but, not that many, though. This is the weird thing. Only a couple. Have to fall the right way for them to, to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like if Embiid stays beat up and the Sixers get out, I think that's that's their. But then the Celtics have had can't figure out Emmanuel quickly whenever they play him for some reason. Yeah, I'd like to think playoff time they could fix it, but I don't know. It's yeah, we weren't even gonna really talk about like currently what's going on in the playoffs today, but there was just a couple things that I wanted to to yeet into the to the internet, just get it out there because yeah. And then on the west side, Golden State's not dead. Oh yeah, no. Does, is go is it going to be Golden State Knicks? Is that what the finals are going to be? Is there some weird world? I hope not. Would... I Oh, I also hope not because that means <laughs> that I have to listen look at Clay Thompson count one more finger when he's going yeah. through his counting. But like mm-hmm. it's just crazy. Also, Draymond came off the bench today. I don't know if you saw that uh the Oh, I uh, didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah, so uh, game four was played today. It's 2-2. The Warriors were able to nod everything up. It was a close one. Former Warrior Harrison Barnes almost uh, downed his his former squad, but uh, he couldn't get it done. Hmm. But Draymond came off the bench. That's interesting. I glanced at the box score earlier, but I didn't notice that. He still played starter minutes, but um, I think their starting five was Thompson, Wiggins, Looney, Curry, Poole. Yeah, you're right. Draymond played 31 minutes, though, yeah. No, he he played starter minutes, but it was... And Poole only played 26, probably because he's giving up too much defensively, but... And not really providing all that much... Consistently not providing that much offensively. Mm-hmm. He had 22, to give him credit, but... This game, but what is he... I, yeah, yeah, no, no he yeah. hasn't been consistent at all. Mm-hmm. Um, He's, like, just a bad version of J.R. Smith, because at least J.R. Smith was, like, at one point, like, a... a like we, everybody jokes that it was a heat check player, but it was more like he already has fifteen. Then he heat checks, not like his entire offense is heat checks. Uh, yeah, he was, and he, like he was, um, even though he was heat checky and and kind of not even kind of streaky, he was really streaky. It all averaged out to the point where he was a really good shooter. You know, like he had a lot more highs than lows. Um, also, he was he was a really good defensive player too. That which also helped. did we do a real <laughs> intro for this episode? Did I just totally space out? Who I didn't, yeah. What's, didn't who's try. the person for today? Magic Johnson. Oh, okay. The ice one, shame on me. I should have known that. And two, I don't know like why my brain blocked that out. Probably because <laughs> I went in rant mode immediately. But yeah, 
I I asked you how's it going, and you you just started talking about what the <laughs> like series total was, and you didn't even say like what series you were talking about. You were just like, oh yeah, went up to yeah, and then. <laughs> so, but yeah. I got a lot of things bouncing through the brain today, uh, fellow <laughs> listeners. But it's yeah, it's yeah. A great time to be an NBA fan. I must have had a lot of things bouncing through the brain uh, last episode that we recorded because I noticed while editing that one that. Um, I didn't say the actual episode number in the intro. I just said that it was the Reggie Miller episode. And then also later in the episode, we started talking about Reggie Miller, like about his, uh, quote that he had about Giannis and Tyler Hero. Oh yeah. And we, we both didn't even connect that he was the episode muse. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a yeah. uh, shout out to Reggie Miller. And I think my favorite part <laughs> is like, if you listen back to the call, like a minute later, he's like... He doesn't say it, but like you can tell that he's like, I don't know why I said that. That was just like <laughs> filling air. That's that's not a basketball sentence that makes sense. But no, yeah. The other thing that we should probably touch on before we move on to uh, the meat, what the potatoes, yeah, the meat of the episode is something that happened yesterday in the games that I feel like can't go unmentioned, which was at one point if you took a <laughs> screenshot of the game six minutes into the first quarter. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies were on a 16 uh, point pace. They would have, if they would have kept that pace, they would have scored 16 points in regulation. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is it, wild. They had four points at the uh, halfway mark of the first quarter. That's just crazy. So that puts them on a. Or no, they 30. had two points. They had two points. Yeah. Yes, because usually like runs happen, but it's not usually like, oh yeah, the game opens on this giant run. Also, Dylan Brooks like punched LeBron in like mm-hmm. the chest or nuts or I don't remember. Yeah, I've kind of just blocked that out of my mind. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to pay attention to Dylan Brooks or anything that he does anymore. Yeah, Dylan but... Brooks has to be an all star for me to feel like his behavior is warranted. Yeah, like an like an all NBA caliber all star. Like, he has to be better than Julius Randle in a given season to act like an actual crazy person, saying he doesn't respect LeBron James because he hasn't put 40 on his head. What? Mm. Are you crazy? Are you insane? How old are you? How old is Dylan Brooks? 26, I think, 27, something like that. So he was literally seven years old when LeBron showed up in the NBA? Uh Uh-huh. The delusion. Anyway, we don't need to talk about Dylan Brooks anymore. Yeah. We already gave that man too much time. But. Yeah, for sure. I love it, but I wish he was better so it wasn't as crazy. But mm-hmm. but yeah, Memphis, they ended the first quarter with nine points. Sick. Which I don't, I don't know if that's like a record. I bet you that Charlotte team did it once. <laughs> that 20, I bet, yeah. The seven-win Charlotte? Yep. But yeah, that was just pretty nuts. The Mavericks in 97 scored two total points in the quarter. In a quarter? Two? I believe so. Wow. I guess that was 97. That probably would have been the optimal time for that to happen. And the Golden State Warriors did it in 2004. Yeah. That same range. Yeah. Yeah. People just weren't scoring back then <laughs> because you could uh, <clears throat> you could do a lot more defensively. That There was a lot more allowed. But anyways, the defense, though, that was being played on LA's side, like Anthony Davis, it's just crazy how he can roll out of bed and decide I'm going to be the best defensive player on planet earth today. Like he just has that switch that he can flip. And, uh, he's very, I guess, selective on when he decides to flip that switch. But every once in a while you'll see it come out. 
but also it wasn't all defense. There was definitely some uh, just lack of production on Memphis's side of things. But yeah, I thought that Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt were both putting on like a defensive masterclass against the newly awarded Defensive Player of the Year in Jaron Jackson Jr., which is a great segue, unless you wanted to talk about anything else. Nah, I, I, I literally just vomited words for eight minutes before this, so I'm good. <laughs> I don't have anything else to add on that. Yeah. But yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. got it for DPOY, mm-hmm. but I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I saw you made a face there. Is that because you didn't think he should get it? No, I think he should. Um, oh, okay. I don't. I don't think it was like. Honestly, this is. I don't think I've had a problem with any that have been awarded thus far. Like, yeah, I, me like, neither. Like, there's no like. Who else gets it besides Mike Brown? Like, there's yeah, not really. That's yeah. I, all of these were my. Like, I guess it, I'm spoiling what we're about to talk about, but yeah, all the three of the awards that have been handed out so far were my picks to also win them, win that award. I think the softest one though was Triple J. Like I wasn't like super firmly in his camp, but I he probably if I had to choose one guy, he probably would have been my number one. Also, you're being disrespectful to the uh, Kia Clutch Player of the Year. There's been four awards given out. Oh, okay, yeah. Shout out to DeAndre Fox. That's the dumbest award ever, I think. De'Aaron. It's I said DeAndre. I hate my life. I'm thinking DeAndre Hunter. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. actually apologies to De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. And earlier, before we were recording, you were calling DeJounte Murray De- DeAndre Hunter, um, which that just reminds me of something that I've noticed uh, in the last few months listening to some of the Ringer podcasts. Um, I don't know if you listen to The Answer at all. It's on the Ringer basketball show or R- Ringer NBA show. It's the Friday show with uh, J. Kyle Mann and Sirit Sohi and Sirit Sohi on there, she has some extremely odd pronunciations of like random things. And I'm like, how? But like both of, I don't know if it's a joke. I can't tell or if they actually think that it's how you pronounce his name. But lately they've been saying Deontay Murray, Deontay, every time they say his name. And I'm like, maybe that's what I'm, it is. I'm pretty positive it's not because I. Uh, Travis and Jason in the NBA and the NFL, like the center and the tight end. It's not oh, Kelsey. Yeah. It's yeah, not. I, it's Kelsey. I've heard that, but then they say it Kelsey though. They've given up. Oh, okay. It's, it's Kelsey. Like, like our good friend, our good friend Landon Braun, has the same name as Christian Brown. Yeah. Because his family just gave up on the pronunciation, correcting people. But I'm pretty sure it's Kelsey. Yeah, not I've heard Kelsey. that before. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, but with NBA stuff, I. Can, I'm able to fact check it usually because there's there's just great website. Shout out to the, whoever made this website called NBA Pronunciation Guide. Uh, it has just about I'm pretty sure every single player in the league in alphabetical order, and it has like links next to all the names of videos that are found across the web of those players saying their own names. Of them saying their own name. Yeah. Because they wouldn't mess up their own name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I look. I watched all four of the videos from Dejounte Murray on here, and he says Dejounte Murray every time. So, um, also the hardest one, Alperin Shen- Sengun, has won. Oh, does it? Oh yeah, yeah he does. One. Anyway, yeah. And yeah, it's Shengun, Shengun. But there, were, what was the other one? I was. Oh yeah, Shay. Because 
throughout this season, there's still people on broadcasts and podcasts right now that say shy because earlier this season, did you, did you not hear about this? In a post-game interview, somebody, like a reporter asked Shay how you pronounce his name, how you pronounce his first name, and Shay told him it was shy, at, like as a joke. It had to be as a joke because all of the videos on this website where he's saying his own name, it, he says Shay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he says shy in that one interview, and then so many people believed him, and are, like people are saying shy now. That's <laughs> Yeah. Which that's fair that they believed him because he's yeah. the source, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Unless he just changed his mind on how he wanted his name to be pronounced. <laughs> but, yeah. So that's one of my favorite websites out there. Anyways, what we're talking about right now is the season awards. Um, Darren Fox was awarded the Clutch Player of the Year award, which I wanted to make sure since, you know, this is the first season, we do have names new names for all of these awards. I wanted to make sure I would incorporate those. To be more formal, De'Aaron Fox is the winner of the Jerry West Award this season in 2023. I think that he was the only real candidate for it. You know, the other finalists for it were Jimmy Butler and DeMar DeRozan. But like from the first month of the season on, it was like pretty clear that Fox was going to win it because this whole season he's led the league in clutch points by like a mile. And he's got the whole narrative factor for it, too. So, yeah, pretty easy pick there. Can't go wrong with Deer and Fox. And this is, for those who don't know, this is the first year of this award ever. So Deer and Fox is the, the first ever uh, Jerry West Award winner. And then, I guess, moving on to another minor one so we can scale it up. It, you know, this episode can crescendo at its uh, peak. Um, we have the most improved player which is the George Mikan Award. Which is yet to be and announced. Yes, that has yet to be announced. And I think this is the one that has the most candidates, like most that, like, people that That wouldn't be stupid. It. If you say yeah. it, people wouldn't be like, you're an idiot. Uh -huh. Like this, yeah. I think it's because this is one of the few awards that has wildly different, like, level, like, different... Um, Potential meanings. Yes, exactly. Like different criteria, different ways you can look at it. Because I have um, two guys you in have two my guys? brain that, that mm -hmm. I like can't pick between. And they have two very different cases? And the, their cases are one could be most improved opportunity and one of them could be most improved new system they're a part of. Because like, I guess I you can just go into mine. Or you go yeah. first. I don't, I don't know how you no, want to No, you go it. for it. Go for so it. So the, one of the two people I can't get, Jalen Brunson... But then it's hit oh, just because I was not who I thought you were going to say, but keep going. Cause I'm he just has like opera, like the opportunity. He is now the guy and he yeah. didn't shy mm -hmm. away from it, but he's doing similar things. So like statistically he looks very improved cause he is, but it's just because he's getting more chances and he's not Luca's child brother. Cause he's the yeah, guy now. He has more volume. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. And then my other case is Markinen cause he's getting used correctly. Like, he's finally getting used oh, correctly. I see what you're saying. He's like, in a different and, role. Mm -hmm. yeah, and Yeah, so, like, that's what I meant by that. And so I've got those two guys. And then there's also, like, all those guys that take, like, the year, like, one to two leap or two to three. And those are, like, it's. Yeah. Yeah. None of them were even on my radar. I can't think of one off the top of my head. A one to two. I guess Shangun would probably be. One of those yeah, guys. Yeah, I guess none of those guys are that are that this year. But last year that was a big talk with Jaw. Like, should Jaw get it? But no, that's just a rookie to a second year. 
is what a lot of people are saying is an op opposition argument. But who are the, the people that you had for MIP? So um, I had four guys written down and both like who you said, Brunson and Markinen are both in my four. I thought when you said you had two, I just wasn't expecting Brunson to be one of the two. I thought you were going to have Markinen and SGA, which I feel like are the two most popular picks from what I've heard with the discussion around this award. I feel like I also probably had, I was too high on SGA last year. So I probably like in my brain didn't give him the big enough like, oh, he's him now because I already looked at him as him. Yeah. So that like that's why I didn't even th like SGA. Like if I would have thought hard and long enough, I probably would have came to that, but I, I didn't. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's like I get that point, and I hear it a lot from people too that say like uh, like uh, Bill Simmons. That was his reaction to the John Morant uh, most approved player was he was awesome last year. And it's like, okay, but he was like, you could say he was really good, but he's on a completely different level now that, you know, this season, I, sometimes I feel like those are the best cases because it's the most like in a vacuum, all you could, all you can attribute that growth to is like actual growth. Like they're yeah. improving in other situations, like with marketing, it's like, or Brunson. He could have been this good. Or, yeah, Brunson. He could have been this good all along. We don't know. He just has, like, way more opportunity. So, and, like, also, another thing is something that I, th I feel like we do that I'm not sure if we should a lot of times is we treat, like, if we see a player who's developing, who's a young, budding star, we see them on a certain trajectory. And if they follow that trajectory, then we don't see them as improving, really, which it's like just because you're expecting them to get way better doesn't mean they always do. And that Jason Tatum's never been in the MIP running, which like you could argue that his year two to year three gap, honestly, this year, because he went from every year before now, he's had this terrible stretch of the season and that got mm. knocked out this year. Jalen Brown makes a five point a game jump every single year on top of improving mm. in other places. So it's like, it's a very subjective, those are obviously two guys that I watch a ton of the basketball of. So like Homer type of, not that I think they should have ever win it, but he's never even been in the conversation for it at all. And you could argue that like, he had the same jump that Shea did from year two to year, or for, in, uh, for Tatum from year three to year four, where he went from like mm. a dude to like, oh, that could be the number one on an NBA finals team. Yeah. And then, yeah, from five to six was also a big jump. So, I, yeah, I've never really thought about that before. But this is also a more recent idea that I've started to think about, like, with this year's race exclusively, where, like, I just hear... I started to think about the idea of, like, why just because we're expecting Shea to get better than he was last year, does that, like, we? why do we have to subtract that from his case? You know what I mean? Yep. It's like he still is getting better, mm -hmm. um, and that's what this award is for. Yeah, Tatum had an eight-point jump year two to year three. Eight yeah. points a game, a, a whole assist a game, a rebound a game, and a half a steal a game. Never got even brought up 2019-2020 most approved. Oh, player. year two to year three. Okay. Yeah. I I thought From I was 15 to, to 23, and that's like a big yeah. – anyway, the, yeah. Uh-huh. Also, that may or may not have coincided with a certain someone leaving the Boston area, but doesn't matter. Don't have to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that's why I feel like Shea is a really good pick and like Lori 
or Laurie Markkinen is a really good pick also. Like, I wouldn't disparage anybody for picking him. Like, because I, again, I don't know what the criteria of this word should be. If you should really think about like the opportunity thing, it's kind of hard to weigh that sometimes. But it does, just overall, it does seem like Laurie Markkinen is a much better player right now than uh, at least people thought he was. Who's your fourth? Um, Oh, yeah, I haven't mentioned the fourth guy, and that is Tyrese Halliburton. He's kind of, like, I feel like he's pretty solidly in my fourth spot just because of the amount of games he's played this year. If they handed these awards out at the All-Star break, I think I would have He might have won it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Him or Markkinen, probably. Just because the Pacers as a whole team kind of just deflated. Not terribly, but they missed the playoffs. They, like, all the juice they had kind of just disappeared, so. Yeah. And part of the reason why I feel like he just deserves to be in this conversation is I vividly remember thoughts that I had before the season started where hearing like the Pacers organization give quotes on media availability day uh, during training camp where they said that Tyrese Halliburton, they see him as their like Reggie Miller of this generation and like that he was like going to be their franchise player, like, you know, all this. And at that point, I was like, I didn't really think about being like a superstar being in the in the cards for Tyrese Halliburton. I've always thought of him as more of like he's got a really high floor, but like he's not that high of a ceiling. Like he's just a really solid going to be like a really good third best player on a championship team type of thing, maybe. But I was wrong. (laughs) Like (laughs) right out of the gates this year, it was like he is doing everything. He's one of the best passers in the league. He's making every shot he takes, even with that funky shooting form. Uh, he's a really good three-point shooter. Uh, he's also just a really smart player. He makes good decisions. So, yeah, is I was wrong on that. I feel like Tyrese Halliburton definitely is their franchise cornerstone moving forward. Um, and that, just because of how short of amount of time was in between me like having those two very different opinions on him, I feel like he has to be in here for me. Yeah, that I think that it hits it. Who do you think it is? Who do you think gets the nod? Do you think it's Shea? I feel like it's between Shea and and Markin and I guess Brunson could win a it big now that push I'm really... at the end of the year. I think is like yeah. going to be part of the. And I know that they don't take playoffs into account, but like just the how much better the Knicks got at the end of the year and how important Brunson was to that improvement. Mm-hmm. And I I truly think that Jalen Brunson has always been this level of guy. He just isn't sharing time with Luca. Not that that's a bad thing, but Luca is a very like, I will do good things, find time in between to do good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we saw Brunson in the first round of the playoffs last year without Luca. Cook. And he was, the, he was this guy, you know, that he's been for the Knicks. So that's kind of like with the Jordan Poole thing from whatever but, was that last year? And where, where he's no longer been that guy. Like whenever they oh, yeah. needed him, to... I'm, I'm talking about his oh, campaign for yes. that he had for more money. He, uh, it was um, the end of last year, I think, because that's when because yeah. uh, Draymond punched him in the face at the beginning of this year. At the beginning of this year, yeah. But Draymond, uh, funny enough, Draymond is the guy that I'm pretty sure was the one that gave all these quotes that I remember about how it was ridiculous. I'm pretty sure Steve Kerr had some quotes too. It was ridiculous that the league should be ashamed because uh, Jordan Poole wasn't the uh, most improved player. And because there were and Draymond just kept saying, like, you know, this dude was playing in the G League last year and now he's averaging 17 points per game in, in the NBA it, like that. I don't know how that can't be the most improved player. And it's like that is such a misleading 
way to describe like Jordan yeah, Poole's he, he was, events. Yeah, he was in the G League, yes, at the beginning of last season, but by the end of last season and the last few months of the season, he was the same guy that he is, has been all year, that year. You know what I mean? Like the second half of his prior year, he was exactly the player that he was in, in the year that they're saying he should have won most improved. So I'm just like, I don't see how you can say that he undoubted. I'm not saying he wasn't a good candidate, you know, but I just I can't I can't get behind the he was robbed of the award. Not allowing discussion on something yeah. like that is a little crazy. But yeah, most improved um, is a award that I arguably get like I feel like it's the most fun race every year. Is, if, is yeah. that weird? Because like MVPs usually like oh, it's probably them. But MIP, like big outlets don't care about it, so they barely talk about it. So it's just yeah. like people that actually like are like watching basketball a ton. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I'm, it, I'm excited to see. I think they're announcing MIP. Is it Wednesday this week? Oh, I'm not sure. Is that schedule public? The, I think I they announced know. a release schedule. It leaked. Um, uh, April 24th tomorrow, we will know who the Kia Most Improved Player is. Oh, okay. Uh, then the rookie of the year we will know on the 25th and MVP I'm guessing will be the 26th. Does it not say that though? It says key defensive player of the year is the 17th clutch 18th coach pretty much every day this past week, stopping on the Friday and then again Mm. on Monday, Tuesday, and I'm guessing Wednesday is probably MVP then. Mm. Yeah, that would make sense. I wonder, yeah, they might, that would be weird. Them awarding him the, uh, the MVP, well, I don't know why my brain just did that. Like, Jokic probably isn't winning it. Yeah. My brain was thinking about Jokic being awarded it be, uh, just because he got... It was the same thing that happened in the Sun series yeah. a couple years ago where they rolled it out to him, gave it to him, and then we got swept. Well, yeah, no, because um, it'll be cool because, like, they'll have to give Joel, like... Uh, they'll probably wait to give it to him in Philly. Yeah, they definitely would. And so then he'll probably be he'll be playing because like he'll just be in street clothes. How funny is that? But no, he'll be he'll probably be playing by the time yeah. they get to Philly. But how Doc Rivers talked about it so like dark cloud like this was not good makes me wonder how serious it actually was. Like, mm. did you see the interview where Doc Rivers talked about the MRI that from Embiid? I don't think so. Uh, worth a watch, uh, listeners. He seemed worried. Mm. Uh, Obviously not for this net series because they wrap things up. Um, I think yeah. it was more how long he'll be gone to start the Celtics series, I think. Uh-huh. Sorry, the next round series. Yeah. Presumably mm-hmm. the Celtics series. but <laughs> Yeah, I, I think so. But yeah, anyway, we can move on to our next award. What, which one do you deem the next in the, uh, the ladder of fun? I don't know. That's a great question. Let me look at this. I feel like... Six man? Probably. Emmanuel like, Quigley feel- is not a six man. What? Emmanuel quickly started like 40 games this year. Oh, I see what you're saying. He's not, It didn't but matter. Did, that would have made me did, so mad. If he would have won? I haven't looked. I don't actually know. Oh, Brogdon won. Yes, I know. I don't know. I'm saying I was talking about quickly. I don't know how many games he's actually started this year. Oh, 21 of 82. So he, or eight, 81, 21 of 81. So he qualifies. It's just if you're under, if you started less games than you've come off the bench. Then you qualify. Crazy. Yeah. But he played it. He played 29 minutes a game. Well, that has nothing to do with it. I know it doesn't, but he's not a sixth man in my brain. And because also a lot of his starts came at the end of the year, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like in my brain, he was no longer, didn't matter. 
Um, the most over. Who is out? Why was he starting? He just got moved into the starting five at the end of the year. Over who? So it was, it was Brunson, IQ, RJ, Randall, and Robinson? I think so. That's what it was, at least one of the nights the Celtics played him. Yeah, usually, I feel like, I'm pretty sure Josh Hart starts usually. But, yeah. Anyways, Brogdon did end up winning it, which I think was a good pick. I, I wouldn't have been mad at either. I didn't realize Brogdon hadn't started a single game this season. Nope. With all the injuries the Celtics have had, I would have. It's never where Brogdon really plays. Huh. Because Derek White takes the Marcus Smart spot if he's out, and then they just shift everybody up. Like, they have this weird thing where they can, like, slide all their pieces around, and Brogdon is almost... If Smart and Derek White were both out, then it would be a Brogdon start. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like but, when when Dwight was on the Sixers, and Doc would, no matter... like it, So when Joel Embiid was out, he would still bring Dwight off the bench, and he would start, like, Tony Bradley, or like somebody like that. Like, he would keep Dwight in the same spot. Well, no, not even that, because, like, if Smart was gone, Derek White moves to point guard, Jalen moves to two, or, yeah, Jason moves to three, then they'd start Robert Williams a third and Al Horford. Mm. So, like, they just would shift people up or down, so that never put Brogdon in the start. And I think the only couple games where he would have started, he was not playing. Or he could have started, I should say. He was not playing. So, But he's also, I think, the most overqualified six-man in the NBA, so I'm glad that he yeah, won the six-man no, sure. award. So. He's like kind of a six man by choice, but not in the way of like where he just wants to juice his odds of winning it. It's more of just a self, like a body preservation. Yeah. Knowing that like if I play less minutes, I can just have longevity. Give it all for those few minutes and have a longer career, which mm-hmm. as a Celtics fan, pretty pumped about. So, yeah. Oh, bro. yeah. Rob barely played this year 35 games, and he started 20 of them. And even a lot of those 35 was very like. 18 minutes. Yeah. He's played less than half of the game in his average minutes. It's yeah. 23 and a half minutes. So, wow. Yeah, that's the more you know. But sixth man of the year, which did we say? Yeah, we said George Mikan award for MIP. The sixth man of the year is the John Havlicek award, which I think is a great. That's, that's one of the ones that fits the best for sure. I think that Manu would have been the other choice. Yep. Uh, for a great six man of the year award title or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then, but yeah, so the other guys though, did you have anybody else on your radar, I guess, for six man of the year? It, um, I only had really, I, I heard people keep saying Emmanuel quickly. I don't remember who the finalists were. I know it was Brogdon quickly and I don't know who the third one was. Yeah. It's Brogdon quickly and Bobby Portis, I think was the That's, third guy. Yeah. Okay. And then, so he was one of my four. I had four people written down for this, and my the other guy who I have third over Bobby is uh, Malik Monk. Um, I thought he was really good for the Kings this year. Averaged like 14 points off the bench. Uh, was a knockdown shooter, uh, like a movement shooter too, which is there's a big difference uh, between just like you know this is what I I this is a rant I went on a few episodes ago with you with uh, KCP how I was talking about how like. KCP, yes, he he shoots like the same percentages as some of the best three-point shooters in the league, but most of his shots are just kind of like, you know, stationary catch and shoot uh, for the most part. And then, but like people like Steph and people like, oddly enough, Malik Monk this season are guys that are catching it 
off of like running off screens. And so while they're moving, their momentum is carrying them. They're catching the ball and just going straight up with it and shooting it while, you know, flying sideways through the air. Um, those shots, believe it or not, are a lot harder to hit consistently. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think those are, yeah, that's a pretty good four. And I just want to throw Malik Monk in there as a honorable mention. But Brogdon, I think, is a really good pick uh, for six man of the year. He probably would have been my guy. For the John Havlicek Award, excuse me, I'm single-handedly going to make this, make these names stick. Like they do in hockey, where it's the heart. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It, like the NBA, I, I feel like they're not doing a good enough job at of doing pushing it. Pushing it. Even it's on still called website. the Kia Sixth Man of the Year. Yeah. Everything's Kia, though, isn't it? Uh-huh. You kind of have to dig a little bit to actually find the what names of them. Yeah. Which is disappointing. But, uh... It's nice, though, that they, they, all of the trophies are, like, you know, the actual person that it's named after. Uh, so moving on to the next award, which I think Rookie of the Year will probably be the next one, which is Just the Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, the, the Wilt Chamberlain Award this year is go, the most boring race out of all of them. Outside of maybe Coach of the Year, just because there's not a question. Oh, really? Okay. So I think that there kind of is. No. I'm not saying... Utah? Kessler? Oh, no. I was saying Jalen Williams. Oh. I feel like like I, I feel like the gap between Jalen Williams and Walker Kessler is bigger than the gap between Paulo and Jalen Williams. Okay. Like I probably gun to my head would probably would still lean Paulo, but I I really do feel like some of the thing like there's some things to Jalen Williams case. Like and the reason why I'm I am talking so much about it right now is because I a few months ago or not maybe few months but maybe like a month ago when i started hearing the buzz of jalen williams case for rookie of the year i was like there's no way like people are just doing that to have something to talk about um but i'm surprised now that like now that i'm thinking about all of the you know what goes into it i'm like he actually has a pretty good case because he was like very efficient and he put up like the actual numbers with 14 points five rebounds three assists but yeah, on good on good efficiency too, with thirty six percent from three, fifty two percent from the field, and eighty one percent from the line. I'm pretty sure Paulo's splits are not very pretty. And also, the difference between the Magic and the Thunder this year, I think, was pretty big in terms very of just true, like. But also the difference in the importance to their teams of Jalen Williams and Paolo is very different because if Paolo's not there, the Magic barely win basketball games. That's a bit dramatic, but like. See, but I, I think Paolo has, like, way more opportunity. Like, he, his role is, like, he, he has the keys to the team. Mm-hmm. Jalen Williams is, like, on some nights of a number of guys down the pecking order. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he just, he's been really efficient. And, like, also, he's not, like, just if, if you're looking at the numbers, it's not like he's in a totally different universe from, from Paolo. You know what I mean? And he's doing it yeah. on a good team while not having, like, the volume. This- yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm not saying I'm picking Jalen Williams. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying team. this is closer than I thought it would be. So Jalen Williams gets the Wilt Chamberlain runner-up award. <laughs> uh, so I yeah, bet and Paolo wins it pretty comfy. Yeah, I, I would put Jalen Williams I, will probably sweep second place. Mm-hmm. Kessler will get sneaky votes, but I think Paolo wins it pretty aggressively. Yeah, I could see that, but. Yeah, I think Walker Kessler 
you know, I was surprised to see him as one of the finalists. Like when I first saw it, I was like, wow. I mean, I know I obviously I've been praising him all season. Mm-hmm. I thought he's been really good. But uh, yeah, was, usually you don't see like a, a rim runner, like role player guy as one of the finalists for rookie of the year. Well, I just also think that like outside of like a couple guys, this rookie class has not been like flash in the pan like we've seen the past couple of years of guys that like I do stuff now. Yeah. Like I think true. next year's class will be I do stuff now. Mm-hmm. But these past two years have been a lot less, ah, uh, like <laughs> yeah. um, uh, R.J. Barrett, Zion, Jaw. That's one class. That's crazy. R.J. Yeah, Barrett, and that I mean that was talked about as like a bat, very bad draft at the time. Like that it was only a top, like it was a three man draft, and after that it fell off a cliff. And then that one slowly is like fine wine aged rather well. If you look at that draft, it's mm-hmm. it's not that terrible. Yeah, Isaiah Roby was in that draft. <laughs> Shout out to the man. Yeah, and the but- Nick legend. Did you know that he's he's on the Knicks now? Really? Yeah, he's not on the playoff roster because they signed him after the deadline for that, but he's technically signed to the New York Knicks right now. That's cool because there'd be no reason they sign, I guess, practice guy. But Yeah, and to rehab his injury. Um, and to basically, uh, he's going to play for their summer league team is the main thing. He, they're just going to make him a baby... Uh, Julius Randle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he has no, a non-guaranteed awesome. uh, deal for next season. So they, they could end it whenever they wanted, but I think it'll he'll probably... Yeah. They give him time, he'll cook. Mm-hmm. He's also just a Tibbs guy. Yeah. Grit and grind, just fighting for every day on the team. It, but yeah, formerly mentioned DeAndre Hunter was in that draft too. Uh, I think Darius Garland was in that draft. Uh, Rui Hachimura. Anyways, we're we're not gonna just list players' names, but the award that we're talking about was Rookie of the Year. I mentioned Walker. Tyler Kessler. Hero. Sorry, we said we weren't gonna do that. Uh, Tyler Hero was in that draft. Yep. Oh yeah, he was. Matisse Thibel, Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, Grant Williams, Darius Baisley, Nazir Little, PJ Washington, PJ Washington, Jordan Poole, Kevin Porter Jr., Nick Claxton. Wow. Cody Martin. Eric Pascal. Oh, yeah. Nick Claxton was... Uh, Keldon Johnson was in that draft, right? Keldon Johnson, I want to say. I don't see him. I think he was, the, he was the 29th pick, if that helps. Keldon Johnson. Oh, he was. Yeah, 29. Ignis Brasdaglius. He fell right out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann, yeah. Wow. What pick was he? Uh, Jalen McDaniels. Kyle Guy. <laughs> Kyle Guy. Terrence, then uh, Ty Jerome was probably in that draft, yep, too. Ty Jerome. Like, a lot of guys that play. Yeah. Jackson uh-huh. Hayes, I can't believe I just skipped over that one. Yeah. I mean, Kobe White. Yeah, Kobe White, yeah. Cam Johnson. Yep, Cam Johnson, Cam Reddish. This stretch, okay. Well, yeah, it's it goes Rui, Cam Reddish, Cam Johnson, PJ Washington, Tyler Hero. Yeah, and that's like 8 to 12 or 9 to 13, something like that. Nah, yep, nine to thirteen. Yeah, like that's a that's a pretty, not it's not that bad of a class. Anyway, we did exactly what we said we weren't going to. And then the <laughs> next class had Lamelo and Anthony Edwards duking it out for Rookie of the Year. And the last mm-hmm. year was not as like ah, because uh, Cade Cunningham didn't really play, uh, and Evan Mobley kind of was just a monster. But Scotty Barnes got it. So anyway, Josh yeah. Giddy's in that class too, I think. Yeah, yeah, he is. 
Um, and that's another guy. If you, yeah, for one year one to year two guys, Giddy is probably one of those guys. Timothy too, for, Chalamet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Oss with the sauce, which I, I'm kind of checking that every day at this point, <laughs> to see when they'll finally put that on his basketball reference. So you said Josh you like Giddy. messaged them, didn't you? I added them on Twitter. But, oh. Yeah. But I got the support of some random guy. It was, he liked it and commented on it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, the thing you said or something earlier that I was going to respond to about the rookies this year. You said there were, oh, yeah, there's just not a lot of people. There's people it. that are doing things, but not like, mm-hmm. look, look at me. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jabari Smith. Uh, like, I, the reason why I think uh, big, a big factor in why that is is like. He sucks. Jabari Smith, yeah, was just way below where we thought he would, and Chet being hurt. Also, if you want to hear about me uh, being right, go back to whatever episode we talked about the NBA draft and uh, <laughs> listen to my opinion. Yeah, I believe that was, the at least the title of it was the NBA offseason is in full swing, which, by the way, is one of our most listened to episodes. So, um, yeah, a lot of people heard me be right. Yeah. I said, I take Jabari Smith third, maybe even lower than that. I don't know if you said you went that far. I don't know if I said that. <laughs> I definitely knew that I was the lowest yeah. on him. Out yeah, of you the had three him third. By for a sure. lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just didn't seem like an NBA guy. Turns out he wasn't. He's just going to be an Auburn Tigers legend. Yeah, I, I I think he'll still pan out to be something, but I don't know if it's a star. Yeah, I, I, don't, I definitely feel like a star is questionable at this point. Yes. Also, we got way off the track. I guess we're talking about rookies, rookie of the year. It's not that far off the tracks. But the yeah. winner of the Wilt Chamberlain Award, uh, we think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Paolo, and I think you think the same. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. So Wilt Chamberlain Award goes to Paolo Bancaro. Mm-hmm. And then Coach of the Year, I guess, should be the next one. And this is another one. This is like even more so than Rookie of the Year. I feel like is like. Obvious. Well, I mean, it's already been awarded, so uh, yeah. Yes, but, but even before it, it was, was awarded, unanimous. <laughs> yeah. like it, it was a unit. Somehow, was and it was the first one ever, right? Yeah, it was the first ever. So, like some all sports writers that got a vote this year, all one hundred mm-hmm. agreed it should be Mike Brown, mm-hmm. and I don't think that should be really debated at all. Yeah, and Missoula inherited a championship team. Dave I mean, Mutt, he's done a good job, but it, no, not that he's done a bad job, but like Mike Brown is like the head of the Phoenix that is the Sacramento Kings. They play different. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I just was, I wanted to hear you say Coach Mark's last name again. Dagelnut? Is that (laughs) what it is? (laughs) (laughs) What is it? It's just Dagnalt. I like, (laughs) Dagelnut. Oh, wow. (laughs) Dagnalt? Yeah, I don't know if I've okay. In my defense, I think I've almost always read it, and I just read it quick. Yeah, and all the letters for Daigle Nut are there, but the L is before the T. There's not the L is not near the G. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that that just made me laugh because I've heard. I mean, I've heard a lot of mispronunciations of that name, but never <laughs> <for> that one. <laughs> like all, most people think it, like just assume it is like has some French like spice to it or French zest where they say like they know yeah. type of thing, but it's just, <laughs> they don't go, they, they don't go like <laughs> so far <laughs> down. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but it, but yeah, it's either Dagnalt or Dagnalt. I usually say. Well, Mark I da- went off Dagnalt. of Dagnalt, so I'm gonna say it's yeah. Dagnalt. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm like actually um, like low key embarrassed. I didn't realize. <laughs> I just. I, <laughs> like I heard. I was talking when you said it the first time, but like I heard the end of like the old nut like type of thing. I was like, what did he just say? Also, Cassidy listens sometimes and she's like, sometimes there's like the things you say are just on brand. Like it's just what you say. Like you just like sometimes I have to ask you to cut stuff out, obviously, because I'll be like, yeah, rockets are blowing it up like the challenger or like I'll just say something that mm-hmm. should not be. But yeah, I've kept in a couple of things that you told me to, to cut that is, out. But. I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I didn't. Uh, I call. Well, sometimes you don't give me much of an option because you say you tell you tell me to cut it out, but then you don't like re say what you said to make it so I could edit like it together to make it make sense. Did you but. keep it <laughs> basketball? No, that one was hard to get <laughs> fixed. And I should have just. It doesn't matter unless it's like something that will get me canceled on the internet, like. Like, I, like, slip up and accidentally say, like, a racial slur. Not, like, saying it on purpose, but it sounds <laughs> yeah. like it. If I mispronounce yeah. a last name or something, uh-huh. that's the only time I, like, really would appreciate it. Other than that, yeah. it's whatever. It'll be it's no, yeah, just I, part of the flair. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know how we got off on that. Yeah, sorry, that'll be a fun thing for you to listen to later, probably. But Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Are next... you wanting me to cut that out? No, I don't care. You can leave oh, okay. it. I don't... You do whatever you want. Well, we still, I mean, we've barely talked about Coach of the Year. I feel like there's other guys, like not not people to win it, you know? Yeah. Like this is just handing out like participation Eric's trophies. for every year. Yeah. Um, but like the thing is about how crazy it is, how, you know, Mike Brown, all 100 of the voters for this award unanimously chose him. And I don't, I feel like it's really impressive because it's not even a year where I feel like there's a lack of candidates. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like an empty year where it's like, oh, there's just one guy that has a good case, so obviously it's him. It's just he has an amazing case, like, more, you know, way more amazing than usual. Like, Mark Dagnall this year, I feel like he's like a, like, not most years, but there's probably a good amount of years you would see him get this award with having this kind of season. Will Hardy, yep. I think, uh, was a good candidate. J.B. Bickerstaff with the Cavs. Uh, Joe Missoula, who I didn't mention, but he was one of the finalists, um, who, even though, like you said, he inherited a lot of talent, but he also... He hasn't thrown it away. Yeah, and like he was able to navigate a situation that everybody knew would be difficult to navigate. He was kind of thrown into the fire. Jason Kidd. I'm just kidding. Oh, I, I, I was <laughs> like, are you serious? Uh, yeah, that is uh, probably, if we had the... Inver- Maybe we should do that for all of these awards. Choose the the antithesis. The, of the yeah. award that'd be That's fun a, that that could be an episode or a, like a quick i just which we I don't, we don't I need could, to be mean i guess but no it's not mean these are they literally they'll make more than we make in our entire lives in a year that's true we're not being mean jason kidd was a <laughs> terrible head coach this year he was and he had amazing quotes that just made it like all the more entertaining about like he was atrocious i loved my favorite quote from him this year was the you know i'm just a innocent bystander I, I'm just like you guys. I'm a fan. I'm just I'm standing here on the on the sideline. I I can't control what goes on out there. It's like you and a fan are not on the same level of control over the game. That's just not <laughs> even close. 
Yeah, he's uh, the ultimate deflector of of blame in, in press conferences. It's pretty great. Um, and then did I mention Rick Carlisle? I think was the last name I wanted to throw out there into the void of people that could get the Red Auerbach um, Coach of the Year award. Do they still do Executive of the Year? Yes, and that is... Also the Red Arbok. Just kidding, it's probably... Yeah, it's not, but I'm... I just. I feel like I just saw that recently, what it was. Uh, let me look. Oh, never mind. That's why I remember it. It's the only one without a name. Oh. It's just the NBA Executive of the Year Award. I feel like you could make Red Auerbach... Auerbach, yeah. You could make them the Coach of the Year Award, and then, like... Make them the executive of the oh, year. I see. And yeah. then make the coach of the year. Like Pat Riley or Greg would Popovich. Would be a great Eric Spolstra someday. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the thing that's what's going to be hard is like there's going to be some guy that is going to be like, it should probably be him. But you can't, you won't be able to like un check the sixth man of the year award. I mean, they might eventually. Who knows? I mean... I feel like some of these awards did actually have names, like of, of players attached to them. Technically, they did before. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't as... Um, advertised. I guess upfront or advertised, yeah. Because now, like, yeah, the the shape of the trophies and everything, like, shows the likeness of the person. Matters. Um, but, yeah, the NBA Executive of the Year Award. I feel like if, you know, if you're keeping Red Auerbach as Coach of the Year, um, Executive of the Year could be... Pat Riley. Pat, well, yeah, Pat Riley more recently. Um, but, like, if you go back in time, like Jerry West, but he's already Clutch Player of the Year. Um, and then Mitch Kupchak, I guess, with the Lakers. Um, That'd be a good one. Yeah. But anyways, um, the other award, I think we, yeah, we got on Coach of the Year. The last award is one that we've talked about way too much, and honestly, we probably won't talk much about it right now is the Michael Jordan Most Valuable Player of the Year Award. And the three finalists for that, you will never guess them. It's impossible. It's Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. I was bummed because my fantasy team was the 2023 uh, Jason Tatum Kia MVP Award. That was like the name of my fantasy team. Oh, Um, yeah. And it looked good for about a month. At the beginning of the year, yeah. And not so much anymore. I think it's going to be Embiid. Mm -hmm. I do too. Yeah, it'll be a bead. But who who's your pick for it though? Like who would you if if you had a vote, if Jacob was the only person who decided like who wins all these awards, who would you give the MVP or the Michael Jordan award to? Is it I think I think Giannis. That's a pretty good pick. I also hate when people don't play defense. It makes me so mad. Oh, you're talking about Jokic. Jokic. I thought, so that's I, like, I thought you were talking about Giannis for a second. I was like, wait, what? No, 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 no. Oh, Jokic. we didn't even talk about Defense Player of the Year. We skipped over that. But well, no, we talked about it to open. But all we did was mention that JJJ won it. We didn't. Oh, and it should have been Brooke. Or could have been Brooke Lopez. You like, yeah, the other people that were involved. Uh, or, you know. Anyways, uh, we'll do that next because I feel like that's a better discussion than MVP is anyways. Yeah, it'd be Embiid or Giannis. Because Jokic, like, was so crazy offensively, and then defensively he didn't do anything, and then his, like... The thing that I always gave Jokic is, like, he doesn't miss games. Yeah. And then at the end of this year, he started, like, missing games. Yeah, no, he he played his lowest amount of his career. He played 69, I think, to finish, 
which by the way is still more than um yes. Embiid has ever played <laughs> on a season but i mean he it was close this year because Embiid played 66 i think um it's i'd probably give it to Embiid. yeah just at the end of the like the last couple games and me just like stopped playing defense and it made me so mad wait so did do you mean to say that you would probably give it to Giannis? no i did say Giannis, but like i'm thinking oh. harder it's probably Embiid. it's it's Embiid. So did you, okay, did you just mean to say that Jokic stopped playing defense at the end of the year? Embiid stopped playing defense. Oh, Embiid did, okay. The games I watched, Embiid stopped playing defense. No, yeah, I mean, Embiid's always been, like, even though he can be a really... defensively Exactly, yeah. Giannis is is constantly, has his motor going, like he doesn't give up on defense at all. With, I don't know if you listened to my, by the sounds of it, I don't think you probably did, my, the solo episode that I did recently where I talked about the MVP award uh, and I half of the episode was me ranting about Nikola Jokic, like on defense um, about how I don't feel like he's like a liability on the defensive end, other than in very specific cases. And those cases hadn't like been really exploited throughout the season. And it's just, to me, it's like a little wild to say that, somebody's a bad defender when they've they've led the entire NBA in defensive rating the past three seasons in a row. Like, I'm not saying that he is the best defender of the league or that he's Bill Russell or anything like that, but I'm just saying no, it's hard to call him a negative on the defensive end. And I don't think he's a negative. I just think he makes everyone around him the same way with, like, Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. Giannis improves the defense of everyone around him. Mm-hmm. Everyone around Jokic allows him to only do what Jokic can do defensively. You know what I mean? Like, people have to, like, strategically, because it's worth it, alter how they play defense to make Jokic's life easier. And as a center, I feel like that's the position in my brain I, like, give the least leeway for that for. Where I feel like it should be the flip side. Where, like, Giannis, a lot of the time, will bail guys out defensively and then still be a juggernaut on offense. But Jokic is such a juggernaut on offense that the fact that guys have to work around him defensively is kind of like brushed under the rug almost all the time. But I think this is a close MVP race. Like, oh, yeah, I really no. think it is. Uh, yeah. So it, like, it, it comes down to like the nitty gritty. And then Embiid, like you said, can selectively be great. It's, it's very – it's wild that we have like the, the different three players that we have. They're similar but different. It's, it's very interesting. But. Yeah. No, for sure. I don't know. If, but does that make sense? Why, like, well, yeah, sorry, you were going to go into it. I was just going to say the, like, the working around him thing. Like, I feel like I see what you mean. And I think that people, the, the extent of what they need to do to adjust to play with Jokic is really just, you know, they're playing a different role than they normally would. It's not necessarily that they're doing more, it's just they're doing different things. Like, uh, like with Aaron Gordon and, and Michael Porter Jr., the way like the Nuggets play defense a lot is different than most teams, how they defend the pick and roll, where, you know, because they don't put Jokic and drop because that's what has been exploited is so much in the playoffs. So against any team that has ball handers that can shoot, we just automatically this season have been playing with Jokic up at the level of the screen where he hedges, you know, on, on the screen. So he makes the ball handler pick up the dribble. And then... So, you know, the roller, obviously, doesn't have a man on him. And so that that brings either Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter Jr. over, or maybe Jeff Green, depends on who's in there. But 
uh, one of those guys rotates over to tag the role, you know, and both of those guys are, are really long, athletic, able to be pretty good rim protectors. So that that type of defense has worked really well. Um, but yeah, I, like you're like you're saying, it's different than what their normal task would be on that kind of play on a different team, you know, on a different team. Michael Porter Jr. isn't uh, helping over on the weak side to to play defense on the roll on the pick and roll. But uh, the thing is, it almost does make MPJ better defensively because like that might be his ideal role on defense because like he you know, he has just like some other players like has some really big blemishes on the defensive end. But one of his his strengths, like one of the things that he does well on the defensive end is actually rotate over and, you know, provide some rim protection as a wing. And so, you know, playing with Jokic puts him in that position pretty often. And so he's able to actually, you know, play to his strengths, I guess. But yeah, I guess I I feel like Jokic is like misunderstood defensively. And like, I, I, I know I just sound like a homer type of thing, but like I also, I'm not trying to say that he's amazing defensively, but something's working what he's doing because you know some like people like Embiid in that article you know where he dissed Jokic and then proceeded to not play against him that night one of the things he said was defensive stats or defensive analytics don't make sense uh, because you know they'll tell you that one guy is the best defender in the league but if you watch it with your eyes you can tell that he's not that great on defense obviously he's talking about Jokic but like thing is like and I hear that from a lot of people people just like dog on defensive stats, which I'm not saying that defensive stats are amazing and tell you everything you need to know, but you also can't dismiss them completely and say that they don't mean anything because literally what defensive rating means is just that our defensive box plus minus rather is the, is the main stat that I was talking about. What that means is Jokic is scored on less than every other player in the league. Like uh, he, he allows less points to be scored while he is in the game. The other team doesn't score as much. And he makes he makes the largest impact on that than any other player in the league does. So, you know, you can dive into the ins and outs of where his weaknesses are defensively. But at the same time, it's like he he's basically our coach on both ends of the floor. Like he if you watch a Nuggets game, just even one of them, you can you'll you'll see him, you know, pointing all the time, telling people where they need to go on both ends and, you know, really directing traffic and calling out like when things need to be switched, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so he's kind of like the quarterback of our defense in a way. And he's got really good hands at and your offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even more so. And uh, also another thing with the rim protection thing, people knock his rim protection because he gives up. He concedes a lot of layups at the rim, which I'm not going to go into all that. I've, I've already done that before, but the thing is, I feel like the it the numbers are painted in a not so good light because he has so many like when he usually will get a block is when it it's not even counted as a block. Like he's really good at uh, knocking the ball out on the gather. So it I mean it, it counts as a steal, which he's one of the best. He leads the league I think in in steals as a center um, and deflections as well. And I don't know if you you know this, but kickballs which they the NBA actually tracks he's like three times the person in second and kickballs this season <laughs> which like I know that some people might be like like why does that matter but like it's just stops the flow 
yeah, it's a smart play. Most like I really do feel like he's just it, it's a skill that he has. He's really good at it. So, but anyways, I I'm dizzy right now. I can't remember even where where I am or what I'm talking about. So I'm just gonna bail out of here <laughs> right now yeah. and move on to the defensive player of the year award. Um, so we talked about that already from the standpoint of Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. I wish there was an easy word to say his name. Like, I feel like Triple J is not that cool of a nickname. I mean, it's kind of, it's all right because it's kind of like Triple H from WWE. But, yeah, I don't know. JJJ also just seems like, a like why are you saying that, you know, when that comes out of your mouth? But uh, so Brooke Lopez was the other main candidate for this. I feel like Giannis was super overlooked for this too. I think Giannis, you could argue, is the more important defensive player for the Bucs. Um I also wonder if the Defensive Player of the Year award will no longer be like an MVP caliber guy, or if they're going to turn it into more of a like all you do this is guy defense. Plays defense. No, this yeah, is that's what unfair. Does. Both both JJJ and Brook Lopez play offense too, but but like because Giannis is the best defensive player on the Bucks, I think overall, yeah. With Drew Holiday, I try to say the ju, ju, not Daigle Muddy, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, and Orbrook, like, I think Giannis is what makes that defense work so well. Mm-hmm. All three of those guys, massively important. So, but it, if no, if, but if Brooke Lopez is above Giannis, I think it just, that's what it's going to turn into. Because the past, it used to be like, it was those MVP caliber guys were winning, and I just don't know if, if they're moving away from that. Well, when would, when did Giannis win? Wasn't that just like? Before his MVPs, I thought. Two years. Oh, he, he almost won last year. Was the thing, but Marcus Smart did, and then no, no last year the runner-up was uh, Bam, maybe. No, it was another guard, Suns. Now Brooklyn Suns. Oh, Mikel Bridges. I think he was third, maybe. The, the finalist yeah. was Marcus Smart, Mikel Bridges, and maybe Bam. I feel like Rudy Gobert was in it last year. If I'm, because I just I just remember me and you arguing about Mikel Bridges versus Rudy Gobert. For defensive player of the year, yeah. I, I just remember that conversation. Is all I'm basing that off of. Like both of us didn't pick Marcus Smart. Like you had picked Mikel Bridges, and I had picked Rudy Gobert. That's just because I thought, yeah, yep. I'm pretty sure at least that's what it was. I think I talked myself out of Marcus Smart, so I didn't sound like a homer. I'm almost yeah. positive that's what I did, but. <laughs> um. But yeah, Giannis, I'm pretty positive one recently. He did win it once when he was MVP, 1920. Okay, that's what I was gonna say, 1920. Um. So he yeah because he was he was the first player since Hakeem to win DPOI and MVP the same season. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would line up. Which his second MVP and his first DPOI. Mm-hmm. Which I forgot to mention, Hakeem Olajuwon is the name for this award. So it's the Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy, and that was awarded already to Jaron Jackson Jr., who I think is very deserving of that year that award this year. He had he broke some records for like. You know, the block percentages and block rate that he had this year is higher than, you know, the league has seen in quite a while. And uh, he's got a great nickname, Block Panther. That's like, at least, I don't know if it's just Memphis people that say it, but like it's definitely used on the broadcast that I hear. It's not like one of those basketball reference names like uh, like Mini LeBron for Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Like that you've never heard anyone say in your entire life. <laughs> But it's on there for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, the so yeah, the other guys though that I feel like we're here for this word. Uh, some people 
like Bill Simmons, I'm pretty sure, and some other like names also. I'm pretty sure R- Ryan Rosillo did too. Down the stretch of the season, picked Evan Mobley. He got a lot of traction near the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, because a lot of people were counting out Triple J because of the minutes. Like, he played so f- many fewer minutes than everybody else. And I think Chris Vernon's response to that logic was hilarious and actually really, like, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually a really good point. Is, like, he did more defensively, like, he recorded more of all of these stats, like, put up bigger numbers in totals, not just not just in uh, averages. Like, in total amount, he did more of all of those defensive things than Evan Mobley and these other candidates but you're not going to give him the award because he didn't play as many minutes it's like he, that doesn't make any sense he did, he, he needed less minutes to be better uh overall not even you know, 36 to- just straight up better yeah yeah exactly and it's just how significant of a difference between the ter- their total minutes were is why people were like uh he really hasn't played that even though he's played like 66 games which isn't that small you know of an amount he only averaged like twenty eight minutes per the game. The MVP of the the MVP of the league is probably gonna have played sixty six games. Yeah, like, yeah. See, but then Joel plays like thirty three minutes per game probably. Yeah, and Jaron Jackson Jr. only plays twenty seven or twenty eight somewhere in there, and that's why people are like, oh wow, he does, he doesn't play very many minutes, so he shouldn't get the defensive player of the year award. But yeah, I do actually think that that's kind of uh, that's like a logical fallacy to think of it like that. Yeah. Um, well, I, he got it, which is, I think, I don't think I have a huge ick about that one. Is oh, that not at all. It? Yeah. I, I think I said that at the beginning, that he would have been my choice if I had to pick somebody. But I did really see the case for the other names that I have on here, which I mentioned two of them. Uh, or I mentioned three of them. So, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, and Mobley. Uh, but the other one was Draymond Green, I had written down. Because I think he kind of went... He's, he was kind of underrated in this yeah. award. I'm not saying that he should have won, won it, but like I feel like he was near the top of the list. Um, but yeah, so that is all the awards. I think we covered all of it. I think that's it, man. Yeah, that was a long one. Not even it's not the longest we've ever done, but that was oh, it's, well, because I feel like that's kind of our average. It's just usually like the last few that we've recorded were pretty short. Oh. That's true. We usually go about an hour and a half. Like, we had at least one within the last 10 episodes that was over two hours long. It was like two hours and 20 minutes. That's wild. Yeah. But that was one of the ones where we played the game for, like, literally over half of it. Like, at oh, the end. Like, at the end where we, yeah. like, pretty much weren't. Okay. I mean, we were we were recording still, and that was in the episode. but, yeah. Yeah. But it was, like. I quizzed yeah. you on, like, the NFL players. Yep. For, okay. Yeah. Yep. So. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to watch the Nuggets game now. Hopefully I don't fall asleep before I finish it. Um, Are you watching the whole thing? Or yeah, I'll try. start at half? I'm going to try to. Okay. I haven't looked at the score yet, so. Yep. We'll say nothing. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. I, ma- I really appreciate it. I'll probably put the Hoop Theory Patreon thing at the beginning since we didn't take a break here. But I didn't have to pee today, so that's good. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Please check out my Patreon if you have the kindness in your heart to do so. Yes, and don't forget, if we get three people, no, five people. Yeah, it's five. Five people. I will do NFL episodes on the Jacob Ross show, but it'll be rebranded as 
gridiron theory or something oh, theory. Yeah. It'll be adjacent. Because I think talking about NFL history outside of just the current happenings and would be interesting and fun. Yeah. So I'll do a whole preview of the season. Each team will get 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's 320 minutes. I do that for you. If you ever need anybody to just explain things to and be the guy that brings nothing in, in terms of knowledge, but gets you to explain things in a way that dummies can understand it. Logan will be there. Just plan on it. Just yeah. book it. Five people, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so do that. Uh, and the other thing is just stay happy, stay healthy, and we will talk to you guys next episode. <laughs>